he restored me to my God so that I could have a relationship with him. So this morning, as we reflect on Good Friday, uh, my message is not long this morning, but I want to reflect around the process that led to our redemption. Uh, The moment that led to the fact that we could be in right standing with God once again. I think about our lives. I think about my life. I think about the fact that we've all encountered sin. We all have to face the punishment of sin. But through repentance and Jesus Christ's work on the cross, we've been redeemed. And we now walk in freedom. I want to look at Numbers 21 this morning. And I want to also look at John chapter 3. And I want to bring those two together as we look at the Israelites on the process of being redeemed by God. And we look at Jesus Christ as he refers to that situation in John chapter 3, back to Numbers 21 this morning. What's happening in Numbers 21 at that period of time? is that the Israelites have now been out of captivity and are free. But we all know that you can be free practically, but you can be still held bound in your mind. You see, at this point in their history, they had never been closer to taking a hold of God's promise, entering into Canaan, God's promise for them, the promised land. But yet, on their journey there, The route that they wanted to go, the road that they wanted to take had been refused. So they had to go another way. And in going a different way, because things had changed, they had become impatient, they'd become disgruntled, and they begin to speak against God. They begin to complain about the food, complain about His provision. So God sends, in some translations, it says fiery snakes that begin to bite the people. Now we know that as they're bitten, some were dying. In fact, all that were bitten would die. So they come to Moses and they say, we know we've sinned. We know we've done something wrong. Would you intercede for us? And then God says to Moses, I want you to make a snake. And and, and Moses goes and makes a bronze snake. And he says, I want you to lift it up on a pole so that if anybody is bitten, they can look at that snake And they won't die. They'll be cured. Snakes. We live in Australia. Who knows that we have the most venomous, scary snakes in the world. Give me a wave if you've seen a snake in the last 12 months. Last two years, give me a wave. Man, Australia. (laughs) We live in South Morang. It's a beautiful property. It's the best thing. I I love it. It's one house away from Plenty Gorge. So because it's one house away from Plenty Gorge, there are so many advantages. We have not a lot of drive-by traffic. Uh, There's a gate just near it. I can go walking through it. We have kangaroos in our front yard very regularly because they leave deposits very regularly on our grass. But one day... A period of time ago, I'm driving home from this building. I'm heading home and I get a, and a, and a call from April and she's in a panic 
Has anybody ever received a call of a person in a panic? It instantly makes you panic. Even when you don't know what they're talking about. Charles, Charles, what? There's a snake. There was a brown snake heading towards our house. Just so happens that it is the second most venomous snake in the world heading towards our house. We decided to move that day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Thought about it. Definitely mentioned it several times. But this snake was heading towards our house. I remember, oh, I've got to get home thinking, what am I going to do? I don't have a clue. Do I try and hit it with the car? Turns out you're not allowed to hit it. I'm only saying that because it's being recorded. (laughs) You're not allowed to hit it. (laughs) And what happened is by the time I got home, By the grace of God, there was guardian angels all around the house that went to my neighbor's house. (laughs) And I tell you what, it was a week where it was undiscovered until one day my neighbor's animals, he's got a couple of dogs that were drawn out and um, the rest is history. But I tell you what, for the next six months, I would walk around our front yard and if the wind would blow a bush in the right direction, I was heading for the hills because I didn't know what was there. You know, I think about our region, just purely our region, thinking about it for a minute. There is a guy I follow on Facebook, the snake hunter. Everyone can relate because there's 55,000 of us in this community that follow him. On a busy day, he can catch up to 12 snakes, ranging from tiger snakes to brown snakes, and an incredible amount of different things, up to 12 in the Greensboro, Diamond Creek, South Morang, Mernda, Doreen region. It's incredible how many snakes there are and how dangerous they actually are. So what's happening right now when you think about the context of how dangerous snakes are and that we'd never want to be bitten, and but the fact is at least we have antivenoms and antibiotics that can protect us. What's happening in Numbers 21, and we're about to read it, is that they are being bitten, but there is no cure. There is no remedy and they are dying. So let's read Numbers 21 verses 4 to 8 as I open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, today I pray that as we reflect on your goodness today, we reflect on your redeeming power, your grace, your mercy, your love for us. Lord, I, I know and I always reflect when, when, I, when I think of a, of a cross, Lord. I, I know that it was not the nails that held you there, but it was your love for us. So today, Lord God, we honour you. We reflect on the work you did on that cross for us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So my sermon title this morning is Look to the Sun. Look to the Sun as we read Numbers 21 verses 4 to 9. They travelled from Mount Hor along a route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, 
Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. That is an Italian statement. There is no water. We detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by the snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. What a story. Like, let's think about this for a minute. There is a snake that's made of bronze that by the grace of God, if they are bitten, all they need to do is look at it. There's no antivenom. There's no cure. It doesn't matter how far away. As long as they can see it, they are cured. An incredible story of God's grace towards a people that had done something wrong. So what I want to do this morning, using just that small portion of Scripture, I'm going to quickly work through how we can see sin We can see disobedience, but we can see God's redeeming power because there's sin, there's the punishment for sin, but there is repentance and then there is redemption. His name is Jesus. So if you look at verses four and five, it says that they were impatient and they spoke against God. Have you ever been impatient or complained? When you look at these things that are going on, that there is a symbolism, what I want to bring around sin, impatience, lack of trust, lack of faith. These Israelites had done something wrong. We've all been there. I can put myself in the position of the Israelites because I too am a sinner. In Romans chapter 3:23 it makes it pretty clear that we all are it says but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God whether it be our attitudes our thoughts our actions, we've all fallen short of the grace of God. So to me, if you fit in that category, which is all of us, you understand why the cross is the greatest day in history because we realise that that is where we've been redeemed. All have sinned and fallen short of the grace of God. We've all faced a choice at some stage in our life. I remember as a young man, I would have been four or five, and I was presented with my first piece of hubba bubba. Can I relate? Does anybody even know what that is? Give me a wave if you know what that is. Give me a wave if you don't know what that is. So I can bring you, that is chewy. It is a tasty chewy gum that loses its flavour after about 30 seconds. So you continue to add more and more until you're rolling a tennis ball sized thing around in your mouth. And then it goes hard as a rock. And you persevere a little bit longer and then you throw it away. 
But what happened as a four or five year old, my mother presents me with this piece and some direction. Charles, don't swallow the chewy. I'm four or five years old. I was a fairly excitable young man. We can all agree and believe that. And I was faced with a choice. Would I chew the chewy and swallow it? Or would I listen to my mum? It was a choice. I swallowed the chewy. (laughs) We've all been in that place. I'm not supposed to swallow the chewy. Thank you, Noah. My man. Give that man some chewy. He's earned it. He's getting the principles. We're all faced with a choice at some point in our life. Now, it may not be as simple as that, but the fact is we're all in the same boat from this perspective. We've been faced with a choice and we've all leaned into the wrong decision. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To me, when I think about this story, we see that the Israelites have sinned. Now we know that we've been redeemed, but there was a process that happened was that there is a punishment for sin in our lives. See, Romans 6.23 goes on to say that the punishment for sin is death. Then goes on to say, which I'll talk about in a minute, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. But it says the punishment for sin is death. We look at these Israelites and we see that they've sinned and now they're being bitten by snakes and they're suffering the consequences of that. There's consequences that we all have to face. There is no getting away. They're being bitten by snakes. And it's incurable. You see, sin is the snake bite of our world, of our life. It's something that we can't cure, no matter the willpower, no matter the the commitment to it, no matter the desire. We cannot overcome the bite of sin alone. These Israelites, they got to a place where they realised the bite of the snakes could not be overcome without God. We all have to get to a place. And when I think about the cross, I'm so glad I've got there that we have to get to a place where we realise we cannot overcome the bite of sin, which leads to death without help. We see that it then leads to repentance. Because it goes on to say in verse 7, We sinned when we spoke against you, or spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. We've sinned. Recognition and repentance that we've done wrong is a way to engage with the work of the cross because that's how we receive forgiveness. It says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent, then 
and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent. Repent. It starts with repentance. You see, the moment that they said we've sinned, can you go to the Lord? Can can we be redeemed? Can we be saved? Moses went and interceded. And we get to see and experience God's redeeming grace. Might get the music team to come back up for just a minute. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. It was not medicine. It was not willpower. It was not a plan of man. It was simply you obey, repent, look at the snake on a pole and you will live. As they looked... And in the looking, they looked at the object of their judgment. It was a snake. It was a snake. The object of their judgment. You know, when I look at the cross and I see Jesus, I see my sin. The judgment that the Lord had brought upon them. They had to acknowledge it. The snake, it was their fault. But as they looked, they would realize that it is God and God alone that can deliver them from judgment. In Acts, it says, repent and turn to God. Look. So that your sins may be wiped out. In John chapter 3, 14 and 15. Jesus is speaking as he's about to go to the cross. And he says this, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. The same situation we see, that as they looked to the snake, they were cured as we looked to the cross. The day my Saviour hung there for me, for us. As we look to Him, we are cured. We are set free. You see, our sin, the penalty for it was death. Jesus Christ took your sin and my sin and when he hung on that cross my Bible tells me that if I believe in that work he did on the cross I confess it with my mouth I believe it in my heart it says I will be saved today's Good Friday I often look at his work on the cross, but I forget the process. You see, he hung on that cross in the hope 
that we would look to Him. Can I remind you today that that victory stands then, it stands now and it will stand forevermore. We were cured from the death and the punishment of sin because of His work on cross. And we know that in three days He rose again, overcoming the power of death, overcoming the power of sin in our lives so that we can be set free. So this morning, I'd like to remember that. So I'd like to invite the team to come forward that I've asked that are giving out the communion. You see, Jesus knew the price that He was about to pay. And He asked that we would remember it. And we're here today on the anniversary of that event. We celebrate on our calendar anyway. The day we can reflect and remember that as we look to the cross, the work that Jesus did for us, we are set free. Jesus says in Matthew 26, 26, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to His disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then He took a cup. And when He had given thanks, He gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of this vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This is my body. This is my blood. Poured out for the forgiveness of sins. So what I'd like this morning is we're going to sing that second song. And while we do that, can I encourage you to stand? And when you're ready, we want you to come and collect communion from one of these stations. Stay and dwell a moment and reflect on His work. I'm so grateful. I'm overwhelmed with His love. We don't deserve it, but He loves us. So we remember Him. And we live for Him and Him alone. So would you stand as we sing this song this morning as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank You that You hung on the cross. I thank You, Lord God, that as You said, as You were lifted up for the forgiveness of sins, Lord, we we repent. We believe that you rose again, Lord. We thank you for your work in setting us free. Today on Good Friday, we remember your death. And we are excited to celebrate your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come when you're ready. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled
Friday service. What I felt to do today on Good Friday, and we started this last year, is that we we would take up a missions offering on Good Friday. Recently this week, we had Scott and Rachel Wallard come to visit us. We had an opportunity to meet with them. It was on Wednesday. They've only been in Liverpool eight months. Never ever despise humble beginnings. The church right now is five people 
but it's five people they've led to the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. It's five people that have recognised the power and the work of the cross. They're incredible people. They're doing an incredible work. To move country out of the call of God takes incredible faith and bravery. And I think it's fitting that on Good Friday, when we think about the greatest gift of all time, it is a great opportunity that we get to give back into the kingdom as we support people like Scott and Rachel. So this morning, could I encourage you, if, you've, if you haven't come prepared but you're able to, would you get something out now? It's also credit cards, slips are available. They're in the back of chairs. And I'm just going to pray for these guys. And then let's believe that that five people will be a ripple effect for revival in that region. What incredible statistics. 100% conversion rate. It's a great blessing. Let's pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Scott and Rachel and Elijah. Lord, I pray that you would bless the work of their hands. I pray that you would continue to strengthen them, give them wisdom. But Lord, right now, I pray that you would give them just a sensitivity in their spirit to listen to your guidance. Lord, we pray that you will bring the right people into their community. Lord, I pray you will bring business people. I pray that you will bring people that have spirit of hospitality. Yeah, you'll have people that know how to pastor, people that know how to love. Lord, I pray you would bless them as they bless Liverpool. Lord, you died for people in Liverpool. You died for people in Bandura, Australia. And Lord, we thank you that we get an opportunity to partner with you. We don't get to partner with you at all, Lord. We get an opportunity to show you our heart as you do your work and have your will. We pray that you would stretch it and use it to bless your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. On the left-hand side of each section is a container. Just want to encourage you guys to pass those along your row. And as you do that in our amazing hosting team, comes and collects those containers. That is the conclusion of our Good Friday service. Can I encourage you to be out on Sunday morning? Do you know that Paul writes that if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then what we believe doesn't mean anything. But I tell you that He rose again with resurrection power, holding the keys to death and life. And because of Him, we are set free. Amen. We don't just live in the forgiveness of His death, but we live in the power of His resurrection. So be blessed. I want to encourage you to stay around for hot cross buns. I hope that there's some fruitless hot cross buns here this morning. Just want to have a special mention to Rachel, wherever you are. She made me fruitless hot cross buns, fresh, homemade. So I will be partaking of those. And if there are anybody that are related to me, I may consider letting you smell them. But go and be blessed. Have a great Easter and we'll see you on Sunday morning. God bless.